Hey everybody, and welcome to another Breaking the Barrier mini-episode. Now, I'm Zach, and you'll hear from Andrew in a second, but let me explain a couple of things first. And first of all, what's a mini, some of you might be asking. Well, a mini-episode is an episode that takes place in between some of our full-size episodes. And this week, we once again are back on Geek Corner, talking about the Series 2 of The Mandalorian, specifically Season 2, Episode 4, that was titled The Siege. Now, I'm Zach, but where is Andrew? Well, I'll be honest with you, this week we are pretty busy and finding it hard to connect, so we're trying something new. We're individually recording a 60-second burst of audio that we're going to send to the other person and let them do a response. So it's going to kind of be like a debate. You'll get all the normal B2B fun, but less of us interrupting and speaking over the top of each other. So I guess, Andrew, over to you. Two questions. One, do you think this format will work? And two, where do you want to start talking about the most recent episode, The Seed? Hey everybody, Andrew here. So yes, this is actually really an interesting take. This was of course Zach's idea. I'm going to take no credit for it because if it crashes and burns, then well, you know who to blame. But actually, it is a great idea because yes, as Zach said, we're both really busy in the next uh, this week and in the next few days. So I think this is the best way to do this. I think it's a lot of fun and as sad as I am to say that I won't be able to interrupt Zach and speak over him. I think this is a great call. So yes, the next chapter of The Mandalorian. Well, I've got to say, Zach, I called it, didn't I? I I, I absolutely called it. It was a side quest. We didn't get any mention of Ahsoka Tano or Bo-Katan. But I will say, you know, I enjoyed this side quest a little bit more than The Passenger. Brought back some great characters it was a bit of a fun, although I will say there's never any stakes involved when there's stormtroopers shooting at you, is there? I completely agree. Many things worry me. Global pandemics, tummy trouble on a long run, giant alien snow spiders, but getting hit by a stormtrooper blaster bolt is not one of them. Um, their terrible accuracy is thrown into sharp relief by the deadly aim we see Magistrate Grief Karga, who's played by Carl Weathers' display during the shootouts. I don't think he missed. Every shot was deliberate aim and then bang, down goes the target. Now, this is no doubt helped by Carl Weathers also directing the episode and making himself look good, but still, the Stormtrooper terrible aim stereotype is not going away anytime soon. Back to your point, or rather your complaint, yes, it was a side quest detour episode. Mando has his mission to go find a Sarkotano, but his ship, the Razor's Crest, is barely holding together, so he has to make a stop off back at Navarro for repairs where he reconnects with Grief and also Cara Dune, played by Gina Carano, for hijinks. Point one. Turns out aquatic sea aliens are not great at repairing spaceships for interstellar travel. Who knew? Point two. Who the hell sends the child into the bowels of a hyperspace engine to randomly swap electrical wires in and out? Yeah, no, I, I completely agree. It's, you know, it's almost laughable when, you know, that whole uh, segment of them running through the base and everything. It was laughable because literally the stormtroopers were there at point blank missing 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 um i don't know there's not much i guess much more to say to that but uh moving on yeah it's you know it always it it always um fascinates me how they tie things in so well in advance like for example if you watch a television show like mando and they and something that seems so obscure happens in the beginning and then it comes back in like a really big way you know for example somebody's good at um, rolling dice or something, and then all of a sudden at the end of the episode, that 
you know, rolling the dice is something that they have to do to save their lives. You know, something something like that. That's an example. But, yeah, it, it was just, you know, of course they were going to tie in that, well, they fixed his ship like crap. So he's got to go on now this side mission so we can duck our viewers for another week. But, yeah. Um, and in terms of the child uh, fixing the hyper... Dude, I, I got to... I, I think I might send you... A video or put this up on on breaking the barrier but i actually reacted to that at real time and it was like not a cool moment i mean i understand he's small and that's why they did it but come on come on let can we stop putting this child into danger please please um but yeah so i guess you know the dynamic of of all the characters was pretty pretty great uh, as always you know there's a great chemistry between all of the all of the uh, three characters that we see, including the blue guy. I can't remember his name. He was a lot of fun. Uh, I'm going, oh, I'm going into two minutes now. Okay, over to you, Zach. Let the record show that although I was the first person to breach the 60-second threshold we set for ourselves, it was nowhere near the egregious excess of that nearly two-minute rant we just heard from Andrew. We must have order in this debate. That's all I'm saying. Um, the blue guy you mentioned was, of course, Mithril, the greedy, cowardly accountant played by Horatio Sands, who we first met when Mando collected his bounty and froze him in carbonite in the series' very first episode. I thought this was another example of how good the Mandalorian can look on the small screen. The way the speeder they took out to the Imperial base they needed to destroy as part of their hijinks looked going across the sand. I mean, it is clearly fake in the way it floats, but it is fake in a way that is consistent with the original trilogy. It extends to the way that the hallways of the base looked like the original hallways of the Death Star as they were running through them. They were simply note perfect. They are hitting all the great beats of the original trilogy and bringing that feeling back to us. Look, I think that's fair. I will, I will wear that. I will, I will wear that. Um, I went almost double, double my time, and that's unacceptable. We can't live in a society where we don't have rules. Um, <coughs> somebody went out past the hour mark a couple months ago, but I won't mention who. Anyway, <laughs> no, I, you know, I absolutely agree. I think, I, I think we touched on it in the last episode. Uh, you know, they're bringing back this really, uh, again, I hate using this word, but this gritty, realistic feel. And I think that that's what this episode was. It was a let's show the audience you know, what we're made of, because obviously there's some spectacular effects with the fire and the lava. And of course, yes, all the speeders and the vehicles, the, the TIE fighters, the explosions, um, you know, we got Carl Weathers blasting a guy off the, off the tank, like close range. I thought, you know, I thought this episode was a, was a pretty episode, you know, it was, it, it didn't really do much in, in the way of where they need to go, but I think it was a good episode in terms of scenery and effects. It didn't do much in terms of where they need to go. I'm sorry, did you actually watch the episode? I did twice. Because whilst it didn't get us closer to Ahsoka Tano or the history of Mandalore, it did answer one big question, which is why they want the child, yo? Warning, spoilers, three, two, one. The answer, the high M count in his blood. And that M count stands for... Da 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 da, midichlorians, that dreaded fake science invented in episode one to try and explain the unexplainable. I don't mind it, maybe over the last 20 years or so I've softened, but M count is important because the Imperial base they went to blow up is actually a lab making clones of the Emperor. Was that a Snoke floating in the tube in the background? Could this series do enough to redeem episode nine? No, the answer is no, it cannot. 
Episode 9 cannot be redeemed, and we shouldn't need The Mandalorian to do the heavy lifting for a billion-dollar franchise. But I think it shows how strong this series is, that it's handling that heavy lifting so far. I just hope it doesn't get bogged down with too much retconning going forward. I must admit, I laughed out loud when you said, no, no, it does not, uh, in terms of redeeming Episode 9. Look, I, I got that. I, I understood that. I watched it twice, this one, myself. But do you know what? Like I said in The Worst Of, I don't give... Pardon my French, I don't give a shit about midichlorians. It's something silly that they shouldn't have named. They should have just left it mystical. So when they kind of threw that out there in, t- in, the, uh, in the Mandalorian, yeah, no, it didn't go over my head, but I just, it kind of pissed me off because I was just like, oh man, I thought we were done with this. It's like, obviously, the child has strong ties to the Force. We've seen it. I didn't, it wasn't a big reveal. It wasn't anything that I cared about. And in terms of the clones... Uh, in the factory, maybe it was Snoke, but again, I didn't really care about that either. Like, I didn't, I enjoyed the episode. I didn't care about the storyline because it didn't reveal much to me. It wasn't anything that, like, we didn't really know. I mean, yeah, the clone thing, sure, but, like, do we, does it matter, really? I'm going to break the rules and send another message right away. This won't be quite a minute, but I'm thinking maybe I was let down by that and didn't care about that story because I'm so invested in finding Ahsoka Tano that anything kind of less now just seems like a blaster uncivilized. Okay, I get that. I accept that. You've been nothing but consistent with your borderline obsessive and creepy obsession about Ahsoka Tano and looking forward to if and when that happens in this series. So I think I need to understand why that's distracting you from everything else that's going on. Did you like anything else other than the way it looked this episode? I mean, I love the way that Mando blasted off using his jetpack multiple times, three times. They are not holding back the special effects budget for that piece of action. And the final escape chase, the way the track Excellent Marauder brought back a feeling of the trench run from A New Hope as it roared along while spending off speeder bikes and TIE fighters. That was just awesome. Although there was yet another example of questionable stormtrooper capability in that chase scene, when they launched out of the base on the speeder bikes to pursue, I said out loud, oh, here we go, some competent stormtroopers finally. Two seconds later, one of them has clipped a rock and taken out two others in an explosion. Just classic. What did you like out of the episode? Yeah, man. I mean... I, I, uh, I'll accept your acceptance, <laughs> but yeah, no, you know what? I enjoyed all that. I thought uh, aside from being a beautiful episode, uh, yeah, I love the dynamic of the three characters, uh, inside the base. I, I, you know, I mean, they didn't really spend a lot of time with each other. Of course they split up, but, um, it was just, it was really exciting and it was, you know, it brought in that old school kind of sort of spy feel. I really enjoyed that. Like they they have this mission in the base and you're right. You know, it, it just, it, it it hit home the incompetence. Like, the fact that it took that one trooper, like, an hour, it seemed, to load this grenade before dropping it, which, of course, he didn't get a chance to drop it because he took his sweet time. It's like, dude, just drop the grenade in the tank and you're fine. Uh, but, yes, I loved the I loved the rocket blast-offs. Uh, I, I, I did enjoy the action element of it. I thought it was very exciting. Um, and it did. It kept me on the edge of my seat. Like, I knew that they were going to come out on top, of course, because they were fighting stormtroopers and they never win. But it was an exciting and edgy episode. I know that this is, again, breaking the rules, but I did enjoy the last part of the episode as well. When, you know, when Cara Dune spoke about Alderaan, you know, I lost everyone. I thought that that was a really, just an, a well-done scene, not too over the top. Just hit it 
home. And, you know, when he put that, what I imagine was like some kind of a medal of honor um, for her fallen comrades, I thought it was just, I thought it was a really well done moment. I'm going to ignore two things there. One, Gina Carano's quite troubling personal opinions that she has shared on social media recently. And two, the fact that she gets a medal after just 12 episodes when Chewie had to wait 30 freaking years to get his. Wookiees have rights too. Anyway, we need to start wrapping up this episode uh, so we can get it out before the next episode of The Mandalorian airs tonight. It's only been a few minutes of listening time, but it's actually taken us over 24 hours to piece this in together uh, in between everything else that's going on. So I'll leave it up to you, Andrew, to have the last word, which I imagine will be about your excitement for the next episode and trying to avoid spoilers, spoilers, spoilers for it. I'm just saying I don't think we will get much more about Moff Gideon and his Dark Stormtroopers next episode. That felt like a crumb that will linger until the season finale. I'm also hoping we get less blue macaroon upchuck from the child next episode too. I've lived through that in real life with two kids. I don't need it from my TV watching. I just hope that Mando paid extra for the leather seats because that stuff is tough to get out of fabric. Yeah, I, I agree with you. Uh, you know, it, it did take a little bit too long for Chewie to get his medal. And, and I guess Star Wars now is starting to learn their lesson. Give the medals out sooner to the less likely characters. And, and, and as far as social media and opinions, you're right. It, it, it kind of is hard to separate that. I try to look at performances objectively because I don't... I, and I, I've said this before in the podcast. I don't care about a celebrity's opinion. I, I don't even know... I try to stay away from celebrity social media. That's why. Um, but, you know, so I don't know what opinions you're talking about or what what she's said, but uh, hopefully it's nothing too bad. But, yeah, uh, I, I think you're right. I think that this, this show has done that a lot. You know, leave a crumb, do an episode that has nothing to do with it, bring back a part of that crumb. So I think the next episode, I'm hoping, is about Ahsoka Tano, maybe, hopefully. And then two episodes after that, maybe we'll see Moff Gideon who knows? Um, but yeah, I, you know, overall, seven out of 10, I give this episode. I really, really enjoyed it. So look, you know, it has been a bit of a long process this episode. Of course, Zach left many times to go and exercise because he's getting ready for another sort of backyard ultra. Um, and of course, I've, I've got what I've got going on. So look, thank you, everybody listening to this episode, which has taken us over 24 hours to put through for about 10 minutes or 15 minutes of whatever it is of airtime and look you know I, I we hope that you appreciate these geek corner episodes they're going to keep coming and uh look thank you so much again for listening to this breaking the barrier mini where zach and i hope to inspire you to go above and beyond to a galaxy far far away thank you so much for listening and we will catch you next time